Chapter Four of Grace Harlowe's Problem by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four, Milestones. Shh! No giggles. If you don't creep along as still as mice, she'll hear you," warned a sibilant whisper. Five young women, headed by Emma Dean, smoothed the laughter from their faces and stole, cat-like, up the green lawn to the wide veranda at the rear of Harlow House. One by one they noiselessly mounted the steps. Emma, finger on her lips, cast a comical glance at the maid, who tittered faintly. Then the stealthy procession crept down the hall in the direction of Grace Harlowe's little office. There was an instant silent rallying of forces of which the young woman at the desk, who sat writing busily, was totally unconscious. Then, of a sudden, she heard a ringing call of, Three cheers for loyal heart, and sprang to her feet only to be completely hemmed in by friendly arms. You wicked girls! I mean, you dear things! she laughed. How nice of you to descend upon me in a body! I must kiss every one of you. Patience and Kathleen, when did you set foot in Overton? I've been watching and waiting for you. Mary Reynolds, this is a surprise. I didn't expect you until next week. And Evelyn, too, looking lovelier than ever. As for Emma, she's a continual surprise and pleasure. Grace embraced one after another of the five girls. "'I'm so glad I thought of this nice surprise,' beamed Emma, craning her neck and pluming herself vaingloriously. "'I have another beautiful thought, too, seething in my fertile brain. Let's go down to Vinton's and celebrate.' "'I knew someone was sure to propose that,' laughed Patience. "'I intended to be that someone, but Emma forestalled me.' "'I'm as busy as busy can be, but I can't resist that call to my old haunts,' laughed Grace. "'Besides, it's such a perfect day. Leave your bags in the living room, girls. I feel highly honoured to know that you and Kathleen came straight to me, Patience.' "'The old case of the needle and the magnet,' explained Patience with a careless wave of her hand. "'Oh, Miss Hollow, I'm so glad to see you,' was Mary Reynolds' fervent tribute. So am I, declared Evelyn Ward, with an emphatic nod of her golden head. I've had a perfectly wonderful summer, Miss Harlowe. I love my part. It hasn't been very hot in New York City either, and I spent my Sundays and some of my weekdays with the Southards at their Long Island summer home. I've thought of you many times. I hope you'll forgive me for not writing you oftener. Kathleen and I came down on the same train. She poured forth all this information almost in a breath. "'Of course I'll forgive you,' returned Grace. "'I'm a very lax correspondent, too. "'I'm so glad you've been well and that you liked your part.' "'You should have seen her in it, Grace,' put in Kathleen. "'She made an adorable Constance Devon, and her gowns were beautiful. "'The girl who understudied her and who will play the part on the road "'isn't half so stunning. "'Patience saw her, too.' She was a credit to herself and Overton, verified Patience. I thank you, most grave and reverend seniors. Evelyn, her eyes shining with the pleasure of well-earned praise, made a low bow to Patience and Kathleen. Most grave and reverend seniors, repeated Grace, slipping in between her two friends, her hand on an arm of each. 
Kathleen's sharp black eyes grew tender with the love she bore Grace. Yes, came her soft answer. Patience and I are seniors at last. We've reached senior lane, and I hope to leave some milestones as we pass through it. Dear as the others have been, I'd like to rise to greater heights this year. I don't know just what I'd like to do. She flushed and laughed at her own enthusiasm. But I'd like to do something worth while. So would I, murmured Evelyn Ward. I want to be friends with everyone and not be conditioned, was Mary Reynolds' modest petition. I don't know just what sort of milestones I'd like to leave. Only decorative ones. I wish to keep my lane free from weeds and ugly jagged rocks. This from patience. You might begin at once and leave a milestone at Vinton's for being a willing little reveller, suggested Emma with meaning. Come on, girls, rallied Kathleen. We must show Emma just how willing we are. Allow me, my dear Miss Dean. She offered her arm to Emma, and they paraded down the hall, out the door, and down the steps with great ceremony. Mary, Grace, Patience, and Evelyn followed. Patience walked with Evelyn, while Grace and Mary brought up the rear. "'Oh, Miss Harlowe,' began Mary with intense earnestness, "'you haven't any idea how much Kathleen, she likes me to call her Kathleen, has done for me this summer. I knew last spring that I must earn my living through the summer in some way, but I never dreamed that it would be in such a nice way. I'm anxious to hear all about it, returned Grace. When you wrote me that Kathleen had secured you work on her paper, I was so pleased. Yes, I was the assistant on the woman's page, related Mary. Of course my work wasn't so very important. It was mostly clipping things from other papers, but I used to write the paragraph under the fashion drawings and sometimes I went out to the big department stores to look for interesting new fads and fashions for women. Three times I wrote short articles, so you see I actually appeared in print. Kathleen made me take half of her room, and so my board wasn't very expensive. My salary was fifteen dollars a week. I have enough new clothes to last me all winter, and I've saved eighty-five dollars. That will help me pay my tuition this year and Kathleen is sure she can sell some children's stories I've written. Wouldn't it be glorious, Miss Harlowe, if some day I'd become a writer? Mary's eyes shone with the distant prospect of future honours. It looks to me as though you're on the right road, encouraged Grace. The only thing to do is keep on writing. The more you write, the easier it will become. That is, if you are really gifted. Kathleen has great faith in you. You must show her that it is well-founded. How inspiring you are, Miss Harlowe. Mary looked her gratitude at Grace's hopeful words. Then she added in a slightly lower tone, I'm so glad everything went so beautifully for Evelyn. I saw her twice in the reckoning. She looked beautiful, and her acting was so clever. She, she told me of her own accord about, Mary hesitated, things. It would have hurt me dreadfully if Evelyn had not come back to Overton. I love her dearly. Grace nodded sympathetically. She understood the remarkable effect of Evelyn's beauty upon Mary. Still, she reflected, it had not been potent enough to lure Mary from standing by her colours at the crucial moment. Grace realised that this poor orphan girl, whose only home was Harlow House, 
possessed a steadfast, upright nature that must in time win her not only scores of loyal friends, but the respect of all who knew her as well. A sudden trill from Kathleen caused them to quicken their steps. The others were standing in front of Vinton's, waiting for them. Once inside the pretty tea-room that had been the scene of so many of their revels, with one accord they made for the alcove table. "'Shades of Arlene Thayer,' laughed Emma. "'I'm haunted by her. I can see her sitting in that chair, her little hands folded on the table, saying, "'What are we going to eat, girls?' She loved this alcove and every stick and stone of Vinton's. She never cared so much for Martell's. By this time they had seated themselves at the round table and begun to order their luncheon. Vinton's was productive of reminiscences, and they were soon deep in the discussion of past events, grave and gay, that had dotted their college life. Evelyn and Mary were for the most part listeners, but Grace, Patience, Emma and Kathleen fairly bubbled over with bygone college history. "'I love to hear about the things that happened to Miss Harlowe and Miss Dean when they were students,' confided Evelyn to Mary under cover of a general laugh over one of Emma Dean's ridiculous reminiscences. "'So do I,' nodded Mary. Then she added in a still lower tone, "'Have you noticed the girl at the table near the door, Evelyn? She came in about ten minutes ago, and she's watched this table every second since she came.' Yes, I noticed her. She's pretty, isn't she? That's a stunning suit she's wearing. Her hat is miles above reproach, too. Evelyn could not repress her admiration for beautiful clothes. At that moment Kathleen spoke to her and turned to answer the latter's question. When next her eyes turned toward the pretty girl, it was just as they were leaving the tea shop. Evelyn was the last member of the sextet to pass the table. She glanced at the girl only to note that she was searching a small leather bag frantically. A look of indescribable alarm in her eyes. "'It's gone,' she said half aloud. Something prompted Evelyn to halt. "'Good afternoon,' she said. "'I heard—that is—can I help you?' A shade of annoyance darkened the stranger's face, was replaced by an expression of fright. "'I've lost my money.' she said in a dazed voice. It was all I had. I can't pay for my luncheon. I don't know what to do. Her voice rose to an anxious note. Give me your cheque, said Evelyn quietly. I'll pay the cashier. You can pay me later. Oh, thank you, breathed the girl. You don't know how I hated the idea of going to the cashier and telling her I had no money. I'm so worried about my purse. I had over a hundred dollars in it. I haven't seen it since I left the train. Just before we reached Overton, I went into the lavatory to fix my hair. I laid my bag down. There's another woman there at the mirror. She must have slipped her fingers into my bag and taken my purse, for when I picked up the bag it was open. I snapped it shut and paid no attention to it then. I didn't think of it until I reached for my purse to count out the money for my luncheon. What a shame! exclaimed Evelyn sympathetically. I know just how worried you must feel. Just wait a second. She picked up the cheque, which was for a small amount, went over to the desk and paid the bill. Then she hurried back to her companion. Everything is all right now, she declared. But if you have no money, you had better come with me. I'll introduce you to Miss Harlowe. My name is Evelyn Ward. 
"'Miss Harlowe of Harlowe House?' interrupted the girl. "'Yes, do you know her?' "'I don't know her yet, but I'm going to live at Harlowe House, so I expect to know her. My name is Jean Brent. Perhaps you've heard of me. A friend of mine helped me to get the chance to live at Harlowe House.' "'Have I heard of you?' laughed Evelyn. "'I should say I had. Isn't it funny how things happen? Why—' You were to be my roommate. End of chapter 4